Welcome to Church Matters, a podcast for SGC Marlton, episode number 15. I am Jason Reyes, associate pastor here at SGC, and with me, as always, is our very own Warren Betcher, our senior pastor. It's good to have you, Warren. How are you? It's good to be together, and I'm doing okay. Wish we could be seeing each other face-to-face, though. Yeah. Well, what I see, though, is that it looks like you shaved recently. Is that true? Yeah, I, I lost the beard. Uh, wow. So my no-shave until we meet again beard. Well, I, I said when I when I had that pledge of no-shave until we meet again, unless my wife didn't like it, and uh, <laughs> she didn't like it. So, so it, it, it's gone, and I'm going to do a special devotional for the kids on Saturday, and I thought maybe it'd scare them, too. They wouldn't yeah. know who. Listen to you. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. That's good. But uh, once Kim said, you look old, I lost the beard. <laughs> well, listen, for those men who are out there who are growing their beards, just a real quick update. I know you have to get through the itchy phase, but probably the best thing to do that with is with a beard balm. You can go on Amazon and you can go ahead and check that out. And hopefully that will help you keep the beard next time. So did you watch the last dance uh, from ESPN Sunday night? I did. It was really good. Wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah. You get the behind the scenes stuff with Jordan Bowles and Jerry Krause didn't look very good in that video. No, no, <laughs> like to didn't. see the dysfunction <laughs> of a team even yeah. in that last season, to win a championship with the amount of dysfunction that was taking place is really remarkable. Oh, in pressure. I mean, just the fact that Phil Jackson even came for one year, you know, yeah. with a one-year deal, yeah. knowing that this is his last year, that's what they're stated. That's, that's got to be tough. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it was really interesting because there's a lot of backstory I didn't know about, like with Scottie Pippen uh, refusing to get this surgery until right before the season started and so forth. So it's pretty fascinating. I'm looking forward to it. So it'll be interesting this week if they feature Dennis Rodman. That, that, that's going to be an interesting, that's going to be an interesting session, uh, interesting episode. It will be. And I, I saw a little pre- preview for uh, one of the episodes that's coming out Sunday, and it's going to be the whole uh, Pistons-Bulls dynamic. And I was a fan when I first started watching basketball. It was 1981 when I was a kid. I remember Isaiah Thomas winning the uh, national championship with Indiana and then getting drafted by Detroit. And I was living in that area at the time and I got to see him. And, and for the two years that we'd lived there, I'd go to a lot of Piston games. They became like a, you know, a real team that I loved, even though the bad boys image and everything else that goes with it. But so I'm looking forward to even just seeing that dynamic. So that would be fun. And it is scratching the itch. And right now with pro football, you have the draft that's coming up. And so, so that should be pretty interesting as well for any of you sports fans out there. Well, listen, I want to touch base uh, this episode with some COVID-19 related topics, if you will. And a few years ago, I read this book about Denmark, of all things, and it was titled A Year of Living Danishly, and I found it to be really fascinating and interesting. I didn't know if you knew this. Denmark is reported to be the happiest country on the planet and has been so, I I believe my stats are right, for the last 12 years. And so what the the book, the way this works is that this freelance reporter moved to Denmark with her husband. And I don't know, just a fun fact as well is that Lego is from Denmark. And so her husband uh, was working for Lego, moved to Denmark with her husband and decided to do an experiment for a year to find out why is Denmark known as being the happiest place on earth. And one of the things that she came to find out was that there was also an incredibly high divorce rate in Denmark. And one of the conclusions that was expressed in this book uh, that the high rate of divorce had something to do with the entire country when they pretty much shut down during the summer for six to eight weeks during the summer for a paid holiday. This is socialism Mm -hmm. at its finest, folks, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And she found out that most divorces occurred after 
these holidays where couples spent so much time together, more so than normal. So that said, and this is the connection with the COVID-19 virus and our shutdown. Do you believe right. it's wise for couples to evaluate their marriages, parenting, or relationships during this unusual time of stay-at-home? Why or why not? No. In fact, I, I would say we should never evaluate our marriages based on a time-bound event. One of the problems in marriages is people overinvest in the moment. So if it's a bad moment, what does that mean? Even if it's not a moment, even if it's your own emotional state. So maybe in an emotional state, all of a sudden you feel a lack of affection towards your spouse or even a lack of liking them and loving them. And, <laughs> right. and right then the thought of, I made a mistake and comes wondering, why did I marry them? <laughs> yes, why did I marry them? And the issue is, remember, they're thinking the same thing about you. Uh, so with probably more, more reason, but I think in those moments, I think the world vests those moments. Mm. So you have a really bad conflict when you vest the moment of the conflict. And if we're going to fight like this, if uh, unkind and sometimes cruel things can be said, what does that mean? Or what if I all of a sudden feel like I fell out of love and I don't love this person anymore? And I think we overvest the moment when the reality is, is it's just a moment. And in that moment, you might feel bitter, you might feel angry, you might feel the absence of affections, but it's just the moment. And I think culture responds to the moment in an unwise way. So, uh, and, and then interprets and that's authority in that interpretation. So I think we want to do the opposite. We have to have long-term views. Yeah, this was a bad moment because marriages go through seasons. We go through seasons with the Lord. Uh, he doesn't change, but we do. <laughs> So he doesn't vacillate in, in affections and in his love for us, but we vacillate towards him. Well, if we overinvest that, we'd be you know, accepting and denying our faith left and right. And we have to have a longer term view. So I don't think you want to overvest moments. Understand why the moments happen. So yeah, in Denmark, people are together, like proximity is going to probably increase. You know, there's joy, but it can also increase tensions. And what's weak is going to get tested and pressed. Well, it's just exposing what's weak. Get over it. It's not the end of the world. Don't overinvest in the moment. That's good. Let me ask you, so the other side too, though, distinguish between helpful reflection in terms of things that we were called to respond to the work of God in our lives, the work of the Spirit, and with regards to sanctification, we do participate with God in that. So what would be healthy reflection in the midst of all these times? As you're, you're thinking about that, let me go ahead and frame it this way. Talking to parents of young kids, and they're living in a very close proximity, there's no doubt they love their kids, but they are really would love to have space <laughs> right now and, and, and seeing a theme of impatience and so forth emerge even more so. So what would be healthy reflection with that? And how do we keep the gospel in mind in all of these things in this time? Well, I think what I would want to say, you don't want to overinvest the moment and interpret the moment and give it authority. You do want to live in the moment. <laughs> so we need to live faithfully in the moment and we need to understand God's active in every moment. God's not in just involved in the strategic plan of redemption and bringing history to its conclusion. He's involved in every daily part of my day, and he's with me in every part of my day. So I have to be thinking the cracks that emerge are emerging for God to redeem, for God to speak to. So I think this is where the gospel comes in. Uh, it reveals my sin. Impatience reveals my sin. Kim and I have laughed. There's been times we've been snippy. 
because we're just together in an unusual way and we're not able to do our normal routines. So we're not able to go out for our date nights. We're not able to, to do some of those other activities that we enjoy, even going to the gym. And so all that gets disrupted. And so, yeah, now you're, you're relating differently. And I think that just shows, and it just tells me, okay, I, I was snippy this day. It shows I'm still a sinner. It shows I still need a savior. So I think we want to bring the gospel, not only the gospel agenda of how should I change, but the gospel agenda of how I'm forgiven, how God's patient with me. So I want to bring both the gospel good news to my heart. And then the, if I, the fact of the gospel agenda that's transforming me. So this just reveals more areas of transformation that may have been cloaked or covered or not pressed. When we're pressed, we don't want to think about failure. We don't want to be surprised by sin. We don't even want to carry the guilt of it. We want to be convicted and see God's rescuing and God's building, uh, God's examining what is built to strengthen what's built, not to say, look how horrible it is. It's, well, let's fix it strengthen it. So we want to keep in mind God's forgiveness and that God is active and God's for us in his activity, not against us. Right. That's good. Yeah. I was, I was reading it in uh, Romans right now yeah, during my in my reading plan uh, this week. And even today, I was just mindful of the fact that we're Adam, where we're all in Adam and where he failed due to sin and the law just only increases our understanding of that failure. Christ came and now because of Jesus, we're in him. Because we're in him, we're standing in his righteousness and that his righteousness overcomes every instance and every moving towards, if you will, of violating the law of God. Grace abounds, you know? Um, so in that, it's been really good for my soul, just thinking through all these dynamics. And that really is all about faith in what he has done and removing the aspect of works. And so there's a way that we can rest in that and continue to grow and appropriate the grace that he has for us to change. Let me ask you uh, another thing, uh, because this is, this is really pressing, right? Right now, and, and I'm seeing it all over social media, um, seeing it on Facebook, seeing it even in the groups uh, of folks that we have within our church who are chiming in on this issue. And it has to do with the aspect of reopening or the lifting of restrictions from the stay at home order and the, and the quarantine. Now, our country, not too surprisingly, seems to be divided yet again. And it looks like there are two distinct camps that have emerged between openers and closers, if you will, in quotes. How should Christians be thoughtful, wise, and biblically loving in this debate of opposing views? A number of things I agree with you. I think it's a polarizing time. Uh, I think since 2016, it's been very polarizing. I'm not commenting on Trump, but I'm commenting about him. He is a polarizing president, and people either tend to be really for him or really against him. The opening and closing is a polarizing decision and event. Uh, so I think it has the, the same effect. One, we need to be aware of our own bias. So we're all going to have a bias to the question. And this is an expression of humility. So I think there's two things. Humility and love would be the two things that I'd focus on. We need to have an awareness that we have bias. That's just humility. Uh, so if you're going to fall on the opening side, you have a bias there, which means you're probably going to look at those closers in a different direction. If you're on the closing side, you have a bias that's going to look to the openers in a different direction. And I think we need to be humble. If we recognize bias, think about this, where bias does not is not recognized, prejudice factions, right? And, and hurt happens because you're right and they're wrong. And once you're right, you have an authority and a power in that. And I think that's just not humble. I think the greatest principle is though, is though love. 
and this is where I'm grateful for the series we came out of, of what's love got to do with it. How do we love one another in this? So if you think about loving one another, maintaining the unity of the spirit. So what I want to do, whichever side you fall on, you want to look and seek to understand the other side. There's just different values. So one people are saying, I want to care for people through opening the economy because I see the pressures of lost income and jobs and what that's going to do to quality of life. And others are saying, well, I want to protect people's health. Well, actually, both can be motivated by very high ethics. But if they don't understand each other, they're going to be tend to judge the other. So openers will judge closers that, you know, you're fearful and you're highlighting the wrong things and you're overreacting. No, they're caring about people and they have a, a value there. Whereas closers could look over and say, you don't care about people, you just care about money. And it's just not right. And the moment we simplify complex issues, probably that's just not wise. There's there's much more complexity involved. I've read a number of articles, and we, we may even end up accessing them or posting them that I think are really good to help you to understand. So what's love do? I want to seek to understand the other person, not just sort of pontificate my own opinions. This creates conflict. I think ultimately it, it goes to the, you know, that's the symptom that causes lack of love and maybe lack of humility. Right. Is so it we possible? Want to be aware of the hard issues. Right. No, so the hard issues yeah, are there. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask you, is it even possible to be able to know beyond a shadow of a doubt what is right and what is wrong as it relates to this issue in the midst of a pandemic? I don't think so. Because there are competing values. And we're, we're operating now in time. You don't have the benefit of hindsight. Uh, and I think there are really competing worthwhile values on both sides. And I know which side I tend to lean to. So it was very good for me to read an article that really defended and explained the other side. I thought, well, this is very helpful. And then I think we think charitably, right? That people on the other side, thoughtful about their position, not thoughtless, are sharing their own position out of conviction because they believe it's right and good uh, and are holding it. So it's respect. There's mutual respect. The interpretation of right and wrong on an issue like this, I think, is much more complicated. Right. And because it is complicated as Christians, the, the responsibility we have is to extend grace and understanding you know, to both sides. Now, if this was a matter of gospel truth and fidelity, then we can go ahead and fall on one side or the other. <laughs> but this is not. Because of the gospel, as Christians, we are called to respond differently. I appreciate you chiming in on this. I'm sure there's going to be more discussion, you know, along these ways. But just by way of just a brief announcement here, just with regards to what we're currently doing as a pastoral team, we're, we've been having a few discussions over the past few weeks just about what would it look like when we relaunch, if you will, Sunday morning services and throughout the week, you know, opportunities to be together and so forth. So what are some of the things that we're thinking about um, and why? Well, I think one, we understand we love our flock, so we want to shepherd them well. And we understand, I think, that people will fall on both sides. Some will, let's get together, just time to be done. This is overreaction, let's move on. And others will be like, we shouldn't probably meet. <laughs> Um, you know, or meet differently. And so I think it's caring for both sides. And I hope this is where I hope we love one another well. This is an opportunity to love one another well and love through differences. I think for us as a pastoral team, we want to keep the hard issues first. If we miss the hard issues, we could do all the right wisdom issues and it won't matter. We have to keep the hard issues in the forefront, which is love and humility, thinking the best of one another even in disagreement. Doesn't mean we can't have disagreement, but even when we have disagreement, how do we have that respectfully and with charity? 
So I think we have to keep the hard issues first. Practically, you know, we're talking about how would we do this in a way that really maintains as much safety as possible. So do we offer mobile services? Do we take rows, you know, seats out and separate rows and do things so that, you know, we can still respect social distancing and be wise in all the things that we can do. Uh, now, I think we have to always keep in mind, life is not ultimately in our control. So we have to trust the Lord, but we can be as responsible as possible. It's why I wear gloves when I'm out. I wear a mask when I'm out and I wash my hands and disinfect. Uh, the moment I get in the car, I just, I mean, I do all I can do, but I know that's not a guarantee. And I think if we're living for those guarantees, we're living for the wrong things and, and having the wrong security. We want to be wise. We're doing that as a, we want to talk about that as a team. And we really ask people to pray for us. So that when we meet again, how do we do that in a way that cares for everybody and is very wise to protect house? So even how do you disinfect the building? You know, if you hold multiple services, how do you disinfect the building between services? How do you exercise wise social distancing in a setting like that? And there's, I think, things we can do that will help that. Setting up standards. If your health is more compromised, you might that's why we would continue probably to live stream for a while to serve those that are more compromised uh, in their health situation. So I think it's just thinking all along those lines. Right. We do take very seriously um, the governmental restrictions, and we don't see them as a violation of religious liberties because that's not the intent at all in this respect. And obviously, we'd be alert to that. But we do yes, want to. At this as, point, we don't. <laughs> yeah, but as Christians, we also want to make sure that we understand that you know the Lord has He sets authority over. If there are restrictions of uh, in terms of placed on the amount of people to gather, we're trying to factor all those things into into all. This because we do see it as a way to honor the Lord and preserve Christian witness, you know, in this way as well. Well, listen, next week on May 3rd, we have a new sermon series that's going to be kicking off from the book of James titled James, A Working Faith. So as we get ready to kick this off, maybe you can just give us a really quick promo on this. Why are we teaching through James? Why at this time? And what would you see to happen as a result of this series that we have? James is such a practical book. It's just helping us to live out the Christian life practically. And we want to always be very clear we're saved by faith and faith alone. But faith is never alone, that it does follow, works do follow, and, and life gets lived out in reality. So James really puts us in the realities of life. It's just gospel application. So it doesn't, it's not competing with the gospel. It's just applying the gospel in real life. So I think it's a very practical book and we need it. We're living in a very practical world right now. And well, how do we live in this world that's challenging? And whether we are in this situation or there's going to be a new normal, or if it's all going to go back to the way things were, how do we live wisely regardless of those times? And I think James will speak to us in any time, whether it's crisis, a new normal, or back to life as we knew it. Well, how do we live wisely and godly in all those settings? And James will help us to do that. I really am looking forward to this sermon series. And we're also, as we've done in the past two series, we're including scripture memory and then a playlist as well uh, that we can be memorizing together as a church and have opportunities to recite that together as well, not just on Sunday mornings, but in other ways as well. So really looking forward to that. And also, do you want to give a Real quick plug, just last week we had Mark Prater came in and preached a great message titled Fear Not. Any real quick synopsis or encouragement to the church right now? If you didn't hear this message, it was out of Isaiah 41, Fear Not. 
It was outstanding. And I've had so many people comment, even as we saw food ministry people afterwards at social distance, we're like, what a great message, just what I needed. So he really served us through that message. And I'd encourage you, this would be a message to share with others, share with friends, share across the board. I think it can really strengthen. It was just so biblical, but so grace-filled. And uh, I think it really was accomplished what it was set for do, which is help us to not fear. Again, you can check that out um, on the hub or on the website, or you can also download it just through iTunes as you follow SGC Church. Well, Warren, again, thank you so much for being a part. And this concludes another episode of Church Matters. Thank you, Church, for listening and continue to forward questions that you may have. Could be with regards to the situation that we're currently in right now or with regards to anything. But we'd love to go ahead and have your questions and hopefully be able to talk through these on the air as well on the podcast. Again, Warren, thanks so much for being with us today. And we look forward to hearing you next week. God bless. Thanks, Jason. God bless.